Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Join this wonderful pizza from Slice on Broadway, the people in Pittsburgh that provide good pizza to podcasters. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Awesome Chat, part of AwesomeCast.net. We got so many things going on there, and uh, we're really loving the response you guys are giving us, and uh, people coming out of woodwork for us to talk to. Uh, you know, you just say you're doing an awesome interview show, and just awesome people kind of just end up in my inbox, it seems. <laughs> so it's it's really awesome, uh, if, if we can use that word enough during this. And we got another one in studio talking about the Coin-Op Hall of Fame, but real quick, I want to, uh, uh, you know, Tell you guys, go check out uh, awesomecast.net and everything we're doing. Subscribe to this. Uh, we're actually just popping up uh, as I'm recording this on iTunes, Stitcher. So look for the awesome chat on all those platforms as well. And, of course, YouTube. And uh, you can uh, look out on my Twitter, at uh, Sorgatron or at AwesomeCast. A lot of times when we have people in the studio, we do like to Periscope them. So you can't, guys can jump in. I saw some people uh, giving hearts already uh, on Periscope and everything like that. And you can be part of the conversation as well. So today is one, a little bit of crossover with our friends at insertcointobegin.com, a little bit of video game awesomeness happening here in Pittsburgh. We have with us uh, representing the Coin Op Hall of Fame that's opening as of this recording, just in just a, a couple of weeks here, is uh, Chris Aiken. Aiken, sorry. <laughs> how you What's doing up, today man? good man how are you awesome awesome so so tell me uh, for for those unfamiliar uh, of course it's just coming out uh what are you guys doing there at the uh, coin operated gaming uh, hall of fame and, and museum um well what it is is um it's it's a vintage video and arcade um uh location mm-hmm. we have over 410 um both arcade games and pinball machines total of 410 machines um it's 99% of the vintage stuff. It's all the stuff you would expect, your Asteroids, Pac-Man, Defender, etc., those types of things. But it's also um, some of the rarest machines you're going to find anywhere in the world. We have a few machines where there's under five that exist in the world, and we have them, and they're, they're there to play. Um, we have an educational wing where you can learn about how the machines work, uh, the history of pinball, the history of... Um, of arcade games, how it's affected pop culture, how it affects science, uh, how it developed into you know Atari and then Xbox and then everything else that it that it turns into. So it, it's a it's a big undertaking. There's other things that are there as well. We have a party center if people want to have birthday parties or corporate events and whatnot. And um, there's all kinds of stuff to do. But let's face it, people are going there to play games. <laughs> That's right. So so how did this project come about for you? Um, well. My partner in this um, is a guy named Ed Beeler, who's a local guy. He's lived in Moon for years. Now he lives in Imperial. And um, he he um, has been collecting these games for 20, 25 years, you know, just a, as they went. And he's, a, he's as big a gaming guy as you'll ever find. And he used to have a little warehouse in his backyard, you know, where where he would have his friends over to drink beer and play pinball. And what happened was a couple of years ago, him and I went to Atlantic City on a on a little short vacation. And when we got back, he just he just asked me, um, you know, he, he kind of sat me down. Was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life here. You know, he had just sold some businesses that he had and whatnot. So I kind of looked around the room. I said, Well, dude, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Let's let's turn this into something. There's too many machines here to just have hoarded in your backyard. 
And that was really all it took. From there, we, um, you know, we spent a, a year and a half getting ready and finding a location. And we did a Kickstarter to raise the initial funds nice. to get the permits and the, you know, the stuff that you have to do to do this. And, you know, we've just been chugging away since. So it's, um, it's now literally a reality here in just a couple of weeks. Wow, are these I'm looking at your Instagram. Are these pictures uh, from the facility with everything lined up here? Yes, or, excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of space. What, what, I saw this. Is this an old shopping center? Or it, something? It's an old Dollar General. Mm-hmm. Um, the space itself is ten thousand five hundred square feet. Wow. So literally, if you can imagine walking into a Kmart, you know, you walk <laughs> into the front doors of a Kmart, but instead of clothes to the left and you know stereo equipment in the back and um, you know oil and stuff on the right. Everything is video games. I like this cluster of Pac-Man games in the front of the picture. Oh, it's 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 you can't imagine how many games. I mean, I oh, wow. I'm an owner of the place, and yeah, I yeah. still walk into the place, and I my first move is just to kind of stop for a minute and look around and be like, wow, there are so many machines here. I love the uh, the Pac-Man uh, uh, deal we have going on here on the floor. So, oh yeah, some there's classic Mortal Kombat. I love it. Yeah, there, there, there's <laughs> like like I said, all the all the common stuff is definitely there. Mm-hmm. Any any common stuff you could think of would be there. Your Frogger, Defender, Joust, you know, those are all there. To me, what makes it special is some of the really rare games that are there. You know, as an example, we have a we have a pinball machine there called Thunderball. Mm-hmm. Came out in I think 1980, 80 or 81. It didn't. It never actually came out. It was only prototyped. They made oh. ten of them, and of the of the ten, there's only four that are known to still exist, and there's only one that is actively available to play to the public, and that's ours. So, it, it's that kind of stuff that I think. I think the hardcore gamers are going to really love the fact that we have so many rare pieces, and they're not behind glass, and they're not behind a chain or something. They're actually, mm-hmm. if you want to play it. You see something, you're like, oh my god, I, I've never seen this before. You can literally sit down and play it, or stand up and play it, as the case with the pinball machines. But That's awesome. It's great. We had a, a one comment, actually, in the Periscope from Nero, saying, if you guys have some Adam's Family, what was he, Adam's Family, or uh, Pinball, or Spy Hunter, he's going to be there for hours. Well, then tell him to come on down, because I know that they're both there, so... <laughs> I've actually every time I go there, I play Adam's Family too. So that's that's like that's the number one selling pinball machine of all time, which is surprising. Really? Uh, you, you wouldn't think the Adam's Family of all the of all the things that the I Adam's think it would be would like be. the Kiss one or something. I you feel would like think. I see that in every bar. Yeah, you would you would think it would be something like that or, or a bigger movie than the Adam's Family. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. Adam's Family is is the biggest pinball machine seller of all time, and that's of course, incredible. Space Invaders would be the the arcade one, but. That's incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I had some uh, uh, questions here from the guys from Insert Coin. Sure. Uh, I think he partly maybe answered this, but in general, why the Pittsburgh area? Why? Why? Uh, uh, where you guys are uh, ended up? Uh, well, again, my 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 partner Ed, who mm-hmm. owned the games, mm-hmm. lives here. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that that put a big um, that that put a big um, stamp on about where it was going to be centered at. Yeah. And then um, you know we we kind of nosed around and. And went to see, you know, different different locations, and the price was good. And ge- geographically, what we're trying to build is not necessarily only a, only a Pittsburgh thing. I mean, obviously, we want Pittsburgh people to come constantly, mm-hmm. every day, every minute. But um, we're trying to build more of a touristy type thing. There's not, there's a lot of little arcades that are popping up. I mean, arcade gaming is definitely making a comeback, but on this scale. 
there's only like four or five in the country mm-hmm. that are doing it. And, you know, 415 games that you can just go in and play, really nobody's doing that. So mm-hmm. we're trying to make it more of a tourist stop, you know, and Pittsburgh was a really good centralized location that's close to both of our homes. And at the same time, you know, we can reach Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, Scranton, Pittsburgh, all these locations, West Virginia, it's all close, close enough to where it's it's an easy trip to make. So and, that, that's and not far it. from the airport either. Oh no, we're very close to the airport. Yeah, you know, we're we're I think four miles from the airport. So I mean, it's not far. It's it's definitely close to the airport, and but it's not like you know, I I live I live just outside of Cleveland, mm-hmm. and for me, it's a it's a seventy five minute drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a. It's no different than being stuck in traffic. Worth really. it for so, a day of playing video games, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and uh, we had another question here mm-hmm. from the Riz. Uh, he was asking, and uh, I will be remiss if I don't plug Riz Plays, his new Let's Play series, because he's, okay. he's on his second episode. So I'm helping him get that out there. Sure. So. <laughs> uh, but he says, uh, you know, do you think changes will be made with uh, uh, people who like don't bring uh, uh, change for the coin op machines? You know, you know, we talk about like Dave and Buster's as like a card swipe and mm-hmm. everything like that. How do you guys adapt to, to that, that kind of thing? Or I, I guess people would probably come prepared for something like this, right? Well, but, actually, we don't we don't do coin or um, we don't do coins or tokens at all. Okay. What what we've done and what we thought was a better model, just you know, if you even just take the coin piece out of it for the consumer, which mm-hmm. let's face it, that's a pain. Yeah, but well, it's also much more of a pain for for the operators of it to keep the machines running. It's one more component. Yeah, and 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 it's really a pain to use. So what we've done is we turn all the games on free play. Every game nice. is on, and there's just a standard admission charge. There's either you you can come and play for two hours for nineteen ninety nine. You can come and play all day for thirty nine ninety nine. You know, there's no. No middle ground on it. There's it's more like it's more like an a a a, 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 a amusement park kind it of is. kind of thing. It is that that's kind of the concept that we took was was to make it in that level and and by saying that we also have family packages to make it affordable for families as well. You know, family of four can come for two hours for thirty nine ninety nine or for all day for fifty nine ninety nine. And nice, you know, I mean. I'm sure you're well aware of Kennywood. If you you go to Kennywood with a family of four, you're paying a lot more than fifty nine dollars. So, you know, and, are, you, are you looking at a season pass as well? Oh, we have season passes nice. available. They're they're um, unlimited play. There, there's a couple of them that are available. We have a couple different. We're actually doing them by true seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, summer, fall, winter, spring. That's cool. And um, they're they're like a hundred nineteen dollars for unlimited play. Play as long as many days as you want, as long as you want, every day. Every day, if you want, for you know, one hundred nineteen ninety nine per month. Now I'm seeing or per, per I, season. I'm also seeing here that you have uh, Donkey Kong and Asteroids and pole, pole position uh, like VIP and season passes. Uh, yeah, well, those that 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 that's what they're named. The, okay, the, don- okay. the Donkey Kong one is the seasonal pass one. The okay. Asteroids one is more for people that that they don't need an they don't need. Uh, you know, a seasonal pass, but eight, ten times a year they're in town. Okay. Sales guys, as an example, yeah. guy that comes into town, does business for a week, goes out of town for another month, comes back. With those, you you buy ten passes for I forget what that costs three three something, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, 300, 300 some dollars for 10 all day visits mm-hmm. so that you can come at your leisure. But that's over the course of a calendar year versus a, a, over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the, the VIP passes are, um, what that is, is you, you buy a pass for $50 and you get 25% off every time you come into the, anytime you come to the location. So if you're not a real hardcore person that's coming all the time, mm-hmm. but you want, you know, you know, you're going to come five, six times a year, it pays for itself, you know, and then some by, by saving at the door, by saving 25% at the door. Nice. Now I, I've been to, uh, there's a couple, a couple places I've been to like here in the city and other places where, you know, they do kind of the pass and, and, and come in and play the games. Mm-hmm. And I've been really disappointed in, in, in some of the places like that I've been to where like, like half the time the joystick doesn't work and it's like, sure. well, you didn't put a coin in, at least it's not that bad. Right. Mm-hmm. But still it's, it's really disappointing to be like, Oh, they got Marvel versus Capcom and, right. and the left stick doesn't work when you're trying to play with right. the guy and stuff like that. <laughs> how I, you know, we, we talked a little bit before we went on air about how you guys are kind of fixing up some of the pinball machines that maybe mm-hmm. got a little jostled in in, in shipment sure. uh what's you know maintenance on this has to be very interesting uh it is and um you know part of part of the deal between myself and my partner ed is that ed doesn't want to deal with any of the business at all mm-hmm. he doesn't want to deal with this kind of stuff he doesn't want to deal with the finances he doesn't want to deal with anything his passion in life is fixing these games he loves working on them. So you have a built-in maintenance guy yeah. that's just on that's it. it. That's he's, awesome. He's on site doing that. Um, both of our employees that we have outside of him and I are maintenance guys. Mm-hmm. And so we've got three on staff maintenance guys at all times. And then we have, you know, two or three other people that we can outsource if mm-hmm. if we need. Let's hope we don't need more than five guys working on machines at mm-hmm. once. But you know, if if there is that if that does happen at some point, we, we kind of have a plan for that. Cause they are aging machines. I mean, especially with the mm-hmm. pinball. I mean, there's so many mechanics that can go odd in there. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, it's very, it's like an ecosystem, right? It really is. <laughs> and, 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 you know, one of the unique things is more than, more than anything else, you really have to do preventive maintenance on a lot right. of these things now, right. because it's not like you can go and buy a new, you know, flipper, or a new, new board for a 1974, now extinct, you know, arcade machine or, or the or prototype machine. machine that you're looking right. at. Yeah, there's no, there's no parts to that right. one. Right, right. What do you think about the? You know, uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, of course, you guys have the machines there, mm-hmm. you know, but there's a lot of people uh, making their own kind of uh, emulators or their own cabinets or or the mini sure. ones with the Raspberry Pis mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, are are you into that phenomenon at all? Uh, you know what we we we've made some. I mean, Ed has made some in the past, and mm-hmm. I've never made anything. But mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I I'm aware of it. And, you know, my, my brother has one in his basement. He has a 50 in one in his nice. basement. But, and they're fun to play. Mm-hmm. The downside to those is always that they don't exactly play like the originals. Right. You know, the joysticks are different or, the, or you know, as an example, if you have one that has Donkey Kong and Asteroids on it, well, the gameplay is different. And there's only X number of buttons, and you know the buttons align different, so it's not the same play. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're an old guy like me, you know it doesn't feel right to play those on those machines. I mean, I get it. I certainly understand why you would do a a fifty and one for your basement. But part of what we're trying to do is more embrace the history of it. You know, try and give that old arcade feel 
you know, try and give that feel that we all had when we were kids where we'd bike three miles to whatever the local arcade was and, you know, as a group and, you know, talk smack to each other while we were beating each other at whatever game and, you know, trying to give people that place to relive it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm not really talking about it much, but, you know, we're also trying to give kids, the younger generation, a place to learn about this stuff. That's why we do have an educational wing in the place where they can actually see a broken down machine, a broken down um, uh, arcade machine, a couple taken apart pinball machines, where they can see how it all works. And we have the articles from newspapers in the 40s where it was outlawed to play pinball and where they had prohibition smashings of pinball machines oh, like geez. they did with with alcohol. And um, so, you know, we're trying to show that history. And with that, one of, one of the unique things that we're doing, and I'll tell you, this has been the undertaking of all undertakings, we literally built a web page with history for every machine in the in the arcade, and we're putting a little code on each machine, a little QR code, like a barcode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so if you walk up to any machine, or most of the machines at this point, but by the time we're open, any machine, and you have a smartphone, you can scan that that barcode on that machine, and you can learn the history of that individual machine. That's awesome. So we're really trying to capture... It, it's more, I know a lot of people throw museum onto the title of these things to, you know, get away with tax, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, we truly tried to build an actual museum mm-hmm. because we want to celebrate the history of it. And, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's, I, I'm not sure how old you are, Mike, but I'm 46. And being 46, I lived on these games. I mean, I went up from the time I was 12 to the time I was 20. That's all I did with any extra nickel quarter dollar I had was played, you know, asteroids, Atari, whatever. I played all these games constantly and, you know, we want to, we want to keep that alive and that's what we're trying to do. That's amazing. So what, how has your response been? Uh, oh, by the way, Nero's in the, in the Periscope and he says he wants to go today. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. Not no. yet. Two no. more weeks. <laughs> um, so I, has there been, uh, well, I noticed, uh, you know, you guys popped up. I think it was in the Tribune Review. I saw the article mm-hmm. uh, about this. And uh, you're up there, you know, again, not you know, outside of the city city. Uh, a bit up there in the Aliquippa, Hopewell Township area. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's the uh, kind of community reaction been to this? And have you seen like a lot of little kids that you're bringing games in, maybe checking them out and being curious about it? Uh, there's been a lot of reaction. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things is, you know, we have the doors locked, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not quite there yet. But yeah. literally every single day, every day, five to ten people are knocking on the windows, coming to the door, trying to get in. Because you got, what, wide open windows because it yeah, used to be a Dollar General. exactly. So. so they can see what's going on inside, mm-hmm. and and they want to come in. So that's been really, really good. Um, we, we we just had, you know, we I think the article you probably saw was Beaver County Times. Um, I think so, yeah. They, they just did a story with us, which was unbelievably, it was featured on the front page, it was a full page on the entertainment section, and then uh, a page inside. So they gave us, you know, literally three pages of coverage because they got excited about the thing. And um, yesterday, yesterday, literally yesterday, I did an interview with um, with the Tribune. And, you know, so now they're getting behind it. And these are all, these are all happening organically. These are Mm -hmm. not, 
you know, it's not like we're out there begging for you're for not, attention. You're, not, like, you're yeah, not press releasing these guys. Not at all. We like haven't that. even put the press release out yet about being open. <laughs> you know, we're we're just we're just growing kind of organically. I, I think it's probably helping a little bit that we've got a couple of um of eighties rock stars that are coming to the grand opening on mm-hmm. um, the twenty third, and I think people are probably hearing about it that way. But we we've been we've tried to be very strong on social media. You know, we we definitely have all the all the uh, outlets on social media, and I'm I'm personally the one that manages most of it, and it's I try to keep it very active and go into all the pinballer groups and go into all of the you know enthusiast groups and let people know that it's there because mm-hmm. I I think and I could be wrong. I guess I'll find out in a few weeks, but you know I think that people are still hungry for this, hungrier than maybe people want to believe. I think. A lot of people believe that, well, this doesn't have a life anymore because you can play your Xbox or your PS4 right in your house. I don't think that's true. I think people miss the camaraderie of going out with their friends and playing these games. And I think they miss the simplicity of the games. You know, I, I mean, I I have kids. I have ex, I have every system known to man in my house. And I can't, I'll be honest, I can't keep up with some of it anymore. Mm. You know, I'm I'm getting older, I'm getting a little bit slower, slower, and I get whacked constantly on Call of Duty, and I can't do Halo for <laughs> crap. I just can't do it because I'm not as fast anymore, uh-huh. but I can still play a mean game of Frogger, you know, <laughs> you know so, I, and I think there's a lot of people that are in that world that just like the simplicity of the games, and they, they miss being, you know, I mean, you and I are fairly the same age. When you were a kid, you did the same thing, right? You went out with your friends, and you you found a machine or two, and that was where you were. For me, it was the begging mom while we're going shopping, and they always had it in the front of the shop, right. uh, the, sure. the department store. Mm-hmm. And then I would get a Nintendo, and she's like, why do you want to play the arcade games you have at home? I was like, it's not the same it's thing, right. mom. <laughs> it's not the same thing, mom. Exactly. So- There's more of a risk when you put a quarter in. You know, when you could just hit reset at home, not right, as much right, right. fun. It didn't look as good. The hardware was always a little better. You right. know, the, you could, you know, you know, I'm, I'm playing Super Mario at home, but there was Mortal Kombat in the arcade. You right. know, so uh, for me, it was. Uh, I actually, I was in the smart class, so uh, we got to go to Slippery Rock about I don't know, probably a, a 45 minute trip, right? Okay. For these these like linguistics and sure. and stuff like that, but. I, I didn't even care how I did. I, I didn't even care how I did. I'm just like, I'm there. I'm like, I'm not as smart as these guys, you know. But right. I, I just made it by the skin of my teeth, maybe. But they had the best arcade. <laughs> you know, it had Mortal Kombat, Mortal right. Kombat 2, Street Fighter, and all that stuff. That was my chance, like, right. two or three times a year to, to, to do that, right? Right. So, um, and the dog's going nuts. The dog's, the dog's <laughs> excited, too, guys. The the studio dog is going nuts, too. But anyways, but uh, but but yeah, it's, it's that experience. It's getting out there, you know. Uh, and, and I know there's a, 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 a buddy Chachi on, on the site. He is an arcade a few blocks from where he works, and he still goes down and plays. Sure, so. absolutely. But um, oh, I had another question I wanted to follow up with, but I just lost. Oh, your Kickstarter! Tell me about your Kickstarter experience. We talk about crowd, crowdfunding so much on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us have tried some crowdfunding and, and playing with Patreon and stuff like that. Obviously, you, you it worked for sure. you guys. Absolutely. So, so how how did that come about? What you know getting to Kickstarter and kind of the response you got from that? Um, well, it came about just because, you know, when, when we, when we came up with the idea, we both had the, at first had the idea of we wanted to gauge interest mm-hmm. and we figured the best way to gauge interest was to see what people were willing to, to spend. And obviously, 
there's there's a lot of expense to to opening something like this. So we figured we would we would start a Kickstarter, and you know if, if we saw enough interest, you know if we did a Kickstarter and rose drove eight dollars worth of interest to mm-hmm. us, well then obviously maybe it's not such a good idea to open, you know, to open a a business that needs two hundred grand a year to 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 live, you know. So so we 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 came up with it with a Kickstarter. We we knew some some specific things that we needed. Mm-hmm. you know in order to start and and we did it we did it very much like a business which is what i think is where i think a lot of people fail with with kickstarter is they they think oh man well i'll just raise five thousand dollars and then i'll be good well you, you can't do it like that you have to you have to do it with with a set agenda in mind you have to have an agenda of this is what i'm going to raise the money for this is where I'm going to spend it, and you have to communicate that honestly with your with your backers. You can't just say I'm opening this great place as long as you guys give me money, because th- nobody wants <laughs> to do that. You know, everybody's got a great idea until it doesn't happen. Right. You know. So we we set realistic goals. Um, we did that. We did our diligence as far as what you need to do to be successful with Kickstarter. You know, we. We worked it really hard. I worked it personally on um, on social media and regular media and some radio stuff. I mean, I I promoted it like like it was a product because it was a product. It mm-hmm. was the beginning of our business, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and it worked and it worked well. We had um, I don't know forty forty some odd backers. We had a realistic goal. I mean, we didn't start with some lofty $20,000 goal. We we had a realistic goal of $5,000, which was to pay for initial, some initial startup costs and some initial, you know, zoning and taxes and, you know, the things that have to get done initially right. to launch a thing like this. And um and, and it worked well enough to where we we gauged the interest and and we're like, yeah, this is going to there's going to be enough interest to go further. So it, it, to us, it was a successful venture. Now I would have liked to have made more than $5,000 of course, but I'm, you know, I'm extremely grateful that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a whole nother thing. I think people are not grateful that people are willing to give them money, you know, and you know, I work hard for my money. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. we all do. And to give it away to somebody's idea right. is, you right. know, that that's that's a and risk. I've seen that, and I've seen that before. I, I've worked with some people on 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 uh, campaigns, and mm-hmm. you know, ones where it didn't have like it wasn't Kickstarter, so it didn't have the ceiling. So it's sure. like you got to use what you got, mm-hmm. you know. And they're like, you know, geez, I don't, where are these people at? I only got three thousand dollars out of this. I'm like, you got three thousand dollars. Yeah. Who just gives you three thousand dollars? <laughs> I can't exactly. give anybody three thousand right. dollars, you know. And you have that. That's three thousand dollars you didn't have right. before. Exactly. And I think people really need to set and and appreciate set their expectations and appreciate. Mm-hmm. The goals they did make, sure. You know? Well, and, and but the, and and I I do think too though the bigger picture is they've got to set realistic goals of what they're doing for the money. I right, think right. So many people fail on Kickstarter because they say they want to do a pro. They, they say, well, I'm going to build a garage, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it would be. But they don't say for what. They mm-hmm. don't say what the money is going to build why, on that garage. Why do I care? Well, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta look from. Why am I going to care about your project? What, mm-hmm. it, 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 am I somebody who would put in money for somebody else's garage, whatever sure. show, whatever? Right, it is, exactly. You know. But I also like it. It is a you know 
uh, it, it, I like the, the taking the temperature. Mm-hmm. How much is happening these days where you know, Veronica Mars is the big example, uh, mm-hmm. the Zach Braff movie. Uh, there's a Archie Comics we were just talking about on the show uh, the last couple of days is mm-hmm. doing, you know, a Kickstarter to relaunch itself. Right. Basically, sure. you know, a, a, maybe they don't need all the money, but they want to mm-hmm. see is there really interest rather than putting up the money and it goes away. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, that, that, and, and that's it. And, uh, and I mean, you can really gauge quickly. At least we thought mm-hmm. if we didn't if we didn't raise our money, then it, then it, it was very clear that there was no real reason to go forward. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So uh, your VIP party is coming up for them. Uh, the VIP is for the is for the the backers. Although people could still there, we do have some limited tickets available on the website, which mm-hmm. is coinophof.com. Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah, with the um the we that was what we gave away as as the 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 prizes for the prizes whatever the <laughs> whatever it's called on Kickstarter for the the different levels that they donated you know and and we're doing we're trying to do it all first class we've got a couple we've got Ron Keel from the band Keel you know the Platinum Records in the eighties that Ron's going to be out doing a little performance at the location and um and Billy Morris who was in Warrant and quiet riot and tough and a bunch of those bands he's going to be out doing a little performance and it seems like out out where you're at that seems like that would be a really good draw oh i I would think it should be it should do well and 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 again the rock stuff is nice i mean i have 20 years of history in radio so that's how i know all these rock guys to Mm -hmm. ask for these favors but Mm -hmm. but let's be honest nobody's coming to the gaming hall of fame to see a concert they're they're coming (laughs) to play these games and you know i i could tell you for as somebody that's not I, I personally am not an aficionado like some people would be. Mm-hmm. I, I can't play them enough. Yeah, I, and, yeah. and and we've had some hardcore gamers that have come in, you know, they're, that are more or less friends of Ed's. And when they come in and look, they're all just like, I can't believe you have, you know, Spirit or a Defender Pinball, you know. or, mm-hmm. or, or wow. done, Yeah, he's got the Defender Pinball. I mean... I- this place has some really, really rare stuff. We have the Japanese version of Space Invaders that right. was not released here in the States. You know, it, it was only released in Japan. We've yeah. got again, the Thunderball machine. We've got a working with water version of Fire Chief from the 60s. This game, it didn't last. They didn't make a bunch of them because it was the 60s. Yeah. And it didn't last because it used real water. So obviously, so the, so the maintenance is even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. But we have a working one of it. Wow. So I mean, for the hardcore, even the hardcore guys are are not going to be able to come into this place and say, "Oh, I've seen all this before," because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. haven't. And, and I and I will guarantee, no matter how co- hardcore of a gamer you are, you'll see something that it's you amazing. have not played before. Yeah, and you have some older stuff. That not as old as I, I found. I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's a museum. I. I was visiting San Francisco over the holiday, and mm-hmm. and I, I I like walked in a door at the harbor and found myself inside like some ridiculously uh, uh, coin operated mostly mm-hmm. museum. I think it was called the uh, uh, Museum Mechanique, perhaps. Okay. And it was like it was like stuff from the eighteen hundreds, like wow. wood mechanical. You put in a coin, <laughs> and there's a little kind of uh, uh, marionette show that pops up. Oh wow! Like insane stuff. And I, I, I you know, I, I know you have stuff like that from the sixties. That sure. I, in my mind, when I think arcade and coin operated, mm-hmm. it ends in the seventies. It to oh, me, okay. You know? and, but it, it's interesting to see that there is that history even sure. way. Way well, I know. before well, that, that. Well, that's, most people don't realize, you know, pinball, pinball 
goes back to the 1800s or even longer. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you really want to get technical about it, you got the old pachinko machines that, you know, the the Chinese and the Japanese had for, you know, in the 1400s, they had the old pachinko going on back then. But, uh, you know, here in the States, it started in the 40s. Our mm-hmm. oldest machine, we do have a 1954, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that that's in working order. That's ready to play. But, um, you know, I, I think, I think the heyday was probably 78 to 82. It wasn't a long history, you know, because then obviously with the launch of Atari, everything changed, but, um, you know, it, it, it took up so much of so many of our lives, you know, it was such a big part of our childhood. I think that's Mm -hmm. why, why people are going to be very interested to check it out. This is I want to show you this because this okay. is just so interesting. Somebody's in the history like this is this is some of the weird mechanical coin operated games. Like I guess I got two guys here playing like a a game race kind of thing. But oh, wow. again, everything is mechanical coin operated. This is in the facility. Like it, it's everything is made of wood. Wow, <laughs> <You noticed? laughs> that's nice. It's great stuff there. And there's <laughs> even like uh, there's even the uh, what is it not the Rosie or uh, the the, the laughing lady at Kennywood that's creeped me out by the oh, train. Yeah. They have a version of that that they had <laughs> and named something completely different for right. San Francisco. <laughs> and, and, and and there's a lot of about like, amu- I think it's more amusement park based. Sure. You know, but they talk about like early roller coasters and, and early things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then they have some, a couple recent arcade like sure. pinball machines that you'd find mm-hmm. in yours. It, it's this interesting like subset that that happens and, well, sure. and again I, I think for people that are into video games to see like this is what they did before this before right. pinball even mm-hmm. is 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 amazing sure so um awesome awesome i, I noticed i noticed in your you, you people have an opportunity to play a, a, a pinball with your guest of honor yeah absolutely <laughs> if they want to and you know with, with ron keel they can they can definitely he said he'll play anybody at any is he game a gamer he, he's kind you know what back in the back when those guys in the 80s in the early 80s mid 80s when they were making their albums mm-hmm. all the recording studios had three or four pinball machines in them or arcade games so when they weren't doing their bit when he wasn't singing when the guitar player was doing his piece they'd be out in the green room playing playing games so he spent the bulk of his you know 20s the same way we did mm-hmm. playing games and then obviously when they're on tour they went to the hotel well what does every hotel have back in the 80s but a little arcade. Mm-hmm. So that was what they used to do, either the bar or the arcade or both. So all of these musicians are really into it. And that's been kind of a unique thing that we're working on now for the location. And, you know, that would be one. I'll, I'll point it specifically to our Twitter. If people are, you know, like celebrity, they're into celebrities. I have a lot of reach into the, the rock world. Mm-hmm. And I've been lining up over the course of the summer various rock guys that are going to come out to the museum, you know, because they have nothing to do between two o'clock when they arrive and six o'clock when they're sound check. Nice. So we're going to shuttle them out. And then if people are active on our Twitter, especially is the one I'm, I'm really telling people it's, it's at coin op HOF. We're just going to kind of post when somebody's there. You know, we're not going to advertise it. We're not mm-hmm. going to say, hey, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard's here. We're just going to mm-hmm. throw a picture of Joe Elliott from Def Leppard playing some pinball and say, hey, you want to come? You know, come? you should hit up some of the wrestlers, too. Some oh, of yeah. Those guys, I, I mean, I, I had an opportunity to 
uh, do some stuff with AJ Styles, and I walk in. Oh, wow. and I walk in, and he's got the suitcase with his Xbox just up, and he's just playing Xbox. I was nice. Like, I was like, okay, and, and a lot of those guys are really into video games. Yeah. Well, so put me in touch because I'm too. a huge wrestling fan too. So <laughs> that would be. I love. I, I mean, I, I cannot go a week without watching Raw, SmackDown, TNA. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I go to independent shows. I, I I love wrestling, so I I would love to have the wrestlers. We've come we've out. had a lot of fun with some of the wrestlers we've had on uh, the 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 video game shows because they're just into it where i was sure. doing some stuff with zach allen the, the, the one-legged wrestler is in wf right. 15 yeah. years ago and uh, I'm, I'm looking i was like this guy has like star fox for the 3ds just sitting on his desk <laughs> i bet he'd talk video games with us so right and it was great he came on and he's like this is great i get to talk video games and you guys aren't going to ask me what hulk hogan's like right so <laughs> So it's really cool to see that sure. kind of crossover kind of happening uh, with even you know what we're doing here with Absolutely. you know video games and wrestling on the network. So awesome! So uh, the VIP grand opening is uh, May twenty third, correct? And mm-hmm. uh, the to the public, everybody else can go down there on uh, May thirtieth, and That's... they got the schedule posted mm-hmm. up on the website. Yep, it's all it's all up there. Um, if people want to come on the thirtieth, pro- it may or may not still be available by the time this airs, but there's. Like ten or twelve tickets for like half price tickets out there on um, Living Social, which is linked to on the website. So if people want to come for ten bucks for two hours, come on, go try it go out. Go get those tickets real quick because they're probably not going to last too long. But you know, please do. I'm know? signing up for the newsletter so I can I I don't miss out on any of these guys coming in myself. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so go check. Thank you, Chris Aiken, for joining us. It's a uh, coin op. Hof dot com and, uh, and 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 go check it out. I think I think we're going to have to plan a, uh, a insert coin day out there. So maybe the Sorgatron Media Company party or something. <laughs> doors open, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you, man. And uh, and, and go on there. Go follow them on social media and follow everything we're doing. Again, awesomecast.net. Uh, follow us on the Twitters and the Facebooks, and we'll be putting up information as we hear stuff. We, if we hear anything about the Rock guys coming in, we'll share that as well mm-hmm. over on our social medias too. So and thanks a lot for checking that out. Check out all the interviews let us know what you think and comments on the videos and audio forums like i said subscribe on uh, itunes stitcher youtube for awesome cast and so much more and uh keep an eye out keep an eye out for the periscopes and join us for all the regular shows awesome cast itself live.awesomecast.net tuesday nights at 7 p.m eastern time and uh you uh, he has been our uh, chris has been our awesome guest and you've been our awesome audience have an awesome week This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.